Hey everyone, welcome to The Totally Well Show. I'm your host, Joyce Strong. The Totally Well Show is a place where we get curious, ask questions, and explore everything to do with health, wellness, fitness, personal development, helping people, and all the things it takes to help you live a strong, joyous life. My guest in this episode is Tim Beanland, and he is from Melbourne, Australia, and he's a podcaster and a business consultant. Um, We agreed today to talk about uh, mental health and uh, particularly for entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, um, what we go through in the business and men's mental health. And Tim was uh, very open and uh, courageous to talk about his own struggles with manic depressive and the things that he does to um, recognize when um, when these mood changes are happening and what he does in terms of his treatment. And, um, and the big thing we talk about is asking for help and how you can learn to ask for help and frame things in a way that actually work to your advantage. So uh, Tim's podcast is called uh, Bean Talking, B-E-A-N Talking. And um, he's available to meet on LinkedIn. And so I will put all that in the show notes. Uh, But he's just a great friend and helper. He um, actually, when I reached out for help on how to use TikTok, he was the person that that, uh, raised his hand and said, hey, I can help you if you like. And um, it was just one of the exercises I do for myself and learning how to ask for help and realizing that is a gift when you ask for help to somebody else who feels really good about giving help. So um, thanks so much to Tim for coming on the show today. I hope you enjoy it. Please do reach out to Tim. He would love to talk to you and um, offer his help in all the different ways that he can and um, and also uh, learning how to do a podcast and all those kinds of things because he's been working very hard at it and having great success interviewing people who are peak performers. So enjoy this episode of Totally Well Show. Hey, Tim, thanks so much for coming on Totally Well Podcast. Yeah, no, welcome. Uh, Thank you for having me, Joyce. And for our listeners, this is uh, Tim Beanland. Is that how you say it, Beanland? Yeah, Beanland, Beanland. Yeah, it's however the the accent says it, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And Tim is from Melbourne, Australia, and has a podcast, Bean Talking. Yeah. it interviews a lot of high performers and what it, tell me a little bit about your podcast. Yeah. Thank you. I, I really appreciate you giving me the shout out there. Um, it's all around uh, peak performance. So I talk to people in a range of industries that are the top of their field. Um, and the whole idea of it was I was walking away from conversations with mentors, with business owners going, wow, I should have recorded that. And um, essentially the lessons I learned from it wasn't just valuable for me, but valuable for everyone else. So I said, well, why don't I record it? Um, two years later, you buy recording gear these days for for pretty decent money and, and off I went. And I quickly found that there was this pattern of peak performance and ideal performance within these conversations. So that just born um, out of that there was the name, peak, peak performance. So mm-hmm. um yeah, definitely, definitely a, a, a really cool way for people to listen and take something out of it to to go and improve their lives. That was the idea. That's wonderful. It's interesting that my podcasts, I have more than one, this and t- Totally Well and also Rock Bottom Syndicate and Confident Women, they all started yeah, well. accidentally. Um, <laughs> I, I had no intention to start a podcast or a TV show. Yeah. 
And it was similar, you know, just trying to network, meet people, learn something. And then technology just was, you know, kind of blooming at the right time to say, you know, let's, let's keep, let's, let's uh, memorialize this stuff. Mm. Well, exactly. I mean, and I think, sorry, that's, that's the advantage that we, we live in these days is that ability for technology to just kind of go, well, I'm, I'm here if you want to use me. And, um, that, that ability to make the content evergreen and, and forever there, especially if it's a powerful conversation. I think that's the power of the podcast and, and why it's taken off. Um, I think I think everybody would have had a conversation with their friends, uh, uh, you know, sadly not at the moment at their households or a barbecue or anything, but a party or something and gone, geez, we should start a podcast. I think everyone's had that chat, but um you know, takes someone like you or me to go, yeah, let's actually buy the equipment and figure out hosting and yeah, but um, it's, it's definitely been a fun ride for sure. Yeah. And, and the fact that I'm speaking from Boston to somebody in Melbourne is amazing mm. to me. And it all started with me learning how to ask for help and you being so willing to help me with a task I was trying to accomplish and you just reached out, didn't want anything for it. Just, hey, I'm here. I can help you. And I was like, yeah. that is so cool. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, I think once you uh, – and there's a fine balance between obviously overhelping and, and spending four hours with someone in a free consultation versus going, hey – you know, you wanted to know a little bit about TikTok. I'd grown a, a TikTok account to 20,000 followers and I, I just knew how to post there and, and you just wanted to put content up. So I was like, okay, well, let's have a chat and develop a relationship with somebody because I can genuinely help them. And like for me, it wasn't, it wasn't about how can I monetize my IP. It was more, okay, well, this is somebody who, who needs help and we can, we can build a relationship with um and it's not necessarily a need for commercialization first like mm. commercialization can happen after it can happen somebody might listen to something on this show and contact me you know it's it's that and that's how you get and that's sort of how business works these days it's not okay i can solve a problem here's how much i'll charge you to solve that problem it's more let's solve the problem first and if there's then more challenges that I can solve that have a financial benefit to you, but also a financial benefit to me, that's then then how the how that works. So that, that's sort of how I see it. Yeah, I think that's what I've been learning that that this type of relationship takes a leap of faith and trust, and you know, really relationship building as as the um, the the way to eventually monetize if that's you know what what your goal is but to to create mm. that value yeah and, and not every relationship needs to be monetized as well right. um you, you just figure out very quickly what you know what problems you can put a price tag to and um you know i've i've got a business background and a marketing degree so i'm always going to be thinking about opportunities um which makes times like now really fun yeah. Um, for me, not, you know, I said someone, I told someone the other day, I was like, well, I'm annoyed and angry and frustrated that my in-person videography um, 
clients may dry up at the moment, but my marketing brain is also excited to figure out what are the opportunities in, in this current time that, that we can leverage. So, um, yeah, very interesting in terms of that, I'd, I'd say. Yeah, I, I've been um, thinking about it this way, that we're not putting this genie back in the bottle because now that so many people are being forced to um, – let's lost my screen there. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, um, we're being forced to learn new tasks um, and push beyond what we knew before. Uh, it's it's we're we're not gonna people won't easily go back now. So mm. well, I mean, for example, so in Melbourne, Australia, um, as of the twenty fourth of March, we went into a sort of semi lockdown for forty eight hours. Um, where it was just closure of non essential services. You could still go outside. It wasn't a full lockdown, but but everyone was told if you could stay at home, stay at home. And and I, in my Facebook group, a Facebook group, how to start a podcast on, mm-hmm. on Facebook. And essentially I put up a 48-hour challenge and I said, people, you now have 48 hours to really think about what your podcast is going to be, what you want to do with it, what the name is, what you're going to talk about, are you going to interview people and use this time because – you know, everybody who wants to start a podcast, it gets pushed to the back burner. But I, I put out in that group, there's about 70 free people. I, I made it recently. And, um, you know, 70 free people there that, that I told them, use this time to develop your skill set. Use this time to think about what you want to do. And and after that, we'll, we'll all jump on a phone call and, um, you know, I'll give you some value in terms of how to start your podcast. So, um yeah, using this time as a positive, I'm, I'm a big fan of. So. Yeah, I'll be sure to include the link to that in the, uh, ah, in the show you. notes. Yeah, so that is a good segue for uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about because I know you have a special interest in mental health and um, mm. as a business owner and um, in men's mental health in particular. So I was really um, hoping to talk, since this is totally well, um, about that subject. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I'm I'm more than open to to have a chat about it and see see where it goes. Um, I am very open on my show about my mental health, but um, yeah, for people listening along, so I've been diagnosed with manic depression. Um, so that's sometimes also known as bipolar two. Uh, what that means is I'm susceptible to going through. Uh, periods of depression that are quite long. Um, you know, I've, I've had periods of depression last for 11, 12 months. Mm-hmm. Um, and also then the susceptibility to go a little bit higher um, in terms of emotions into mania and, and manic states. Um, so, you know, it's, it's very interesting the way that I see that now though is just all in reframing it so the depression side of things gives me an ability to step back from life and an ability to uh, give me lessons and insights that a lot of people don't get the chance to get you know I, I find myself coming off the back of a depressive episode with a life lesson that I've learned and motivation as well not to go back there um, and the mania gives me an ability to have a level of motivation, energy, drive, passion, and creativity that a lot of people can't tap into either because it's just a different 
way of your brain working. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, just trying to see the positive. Yes, I've got this diagnosis, uh, this diagnosis of, of manic depression, which which will keep me out if if I don't keep on top of my medication and don't keep on top of exercise and social contact. I know we're physical distancing, but social contact. Um, but yeah, trying to trying to reframe that mental health in, in into a positive. And I know I've said that a few times now, but it's 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 really key to sort of see, okay, well, what can I actually get out of this, mm-hmm. um, and not be not be self pity in terms of oh, I've got bipolar too. So. Yeah, that's a little different take than I've heard people. T- I've I I was going to ask you, you know, what do you do for it? How did you discover it? What are some of the, which I'm curious about? What are some of the things that you do to mitigate? Um, but it sounds like. It sounds to me like you're saying part of it is just accepting that no matter how much work you do with food, nutrition, exercise, medication, it's still part of you that that you're, you've included that as your identity. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I agree with the line that you're not your diagnosis, you're not your mental health issue, but at the same time, there's elements of the bipolar that's always going to be a part of me. Mm-hmm. Um I attribute a lot of my creativity and my motivation and, and my drive to stay up till, you know, 11, 12, 1 a.m. and figure things out for the business to manic tendencies. Now, we don't want to go full manic and, and there's there are people out there that um, play with their medication in order to reach a manic state because it is quite... Um, quite entertaining when you're there it's, it's not you know people for people on the outside your friends your family everyone else watching you they're quite worried what's going on when you are in that state but when you as a person are in a manic state and i think somebody listening along that has this diagnosis would would um would agree with me but um you can come up with some amazing things in in that period but it's not sustainable it's not healthy it's not good for the long term but there's always going to be tiny bits of you know because we're on a spectrum you know like it's it's a spectrum of either depression or anxiety there's days where i still don't want to get out of bed there's there's nights where i don't want to do work there's you know uh, but um then there's times where i've got incredibly creative ideas and marketing things and and that's that's where it's yeah going back to your question like the the mental illness is always going to be a part of what you do, but it's about what are the elements that you can take from it that you can put that positive spin to. And that's what I, I sort of try and do with it for sure. And um, But it's hard. It's hard to have that mindset. It's hard to realize that that's, um, that's how you can work it. Um, because especially if you're, if you are depressed and, um, you don't really want to listen to anything or anyone um, give you advice because it's very internalized on on what's happening with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is it is a challenge to get there. It's, it has been. as you're saying this, it's making me think. With in my case, I think that I have some obsessive compulsive tendencies, mm-hmm. um, and I discovered I was really good at crocheting. <laughs> And then, and then nearly 50 years old at the time, nearly 50 years old, I 
made the decision. I had been diagnosed with breast cancer and that scared the crap out of me. So I was like, all right, I got to do something. And it was, I just wanted to move and be alive. And I decided I was going to learn to play hockey and skate and become a hockey coach. And I was able to do all those things. I had watched my children. I brought them up through the, their lessons. And so it was in my head of how to do it. But getting out on the ice and doing something repeat, repetitive, you know, was easy for me because it's, it's that part of me that I had kind of wanted to disown. And I, mm. I was able to bring it back in a productive way. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So sometimes when I'm um, working through the details of a podcast, just, you know, I can also go the other way, which is don't get too deep in because you'll never get it done. Um, hmm. But I can, I can pay attention to detail and, and uh, notice things that way. So it's interesting. I, ha- I hadn't thought about it in my own life. Yeah, um, use your OCD as a bit of a superpower, you know, um, that those tendencies give you an ability to look at attention to detail and pick up on things that other people would miss. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's a really awesome way to look at it. Yeah, and to be able to learn, to put the time in to learn something because that can be tedious, but yep. for somebody who's obsessive about it, it's just yeah. another day at the office. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, you you edit your podcast. I'm not sure how much how much editing you you do, but for me at least, and for my clients, and what I do is a lot of work is in Premiere Pro. You know, now I had to learn how to use that bit of software. It's an incredibly powerful bit of editing software, but there was a learning curve to that. So how did I how did I sit down watch ten hundred YouTube, 10 to 100 YouTube videos on, on what to do and why, of course, how did I give myself the motivation to do that? Well, you know, I, I had an end goal. There was obviously a financial benefit to learning the skill, but it, at the same time, it would just it would have been just as easy to not do it and sleep in bed. So yeah. what were those things that motivated me to do it? Well, you know, maybe it was the, the mania side of things going, no, you just need to sit yourself down and you've got a level of energy now that you can do that. For you, the OCD stuff would be like, okay, well, now that I'm editing this, um, I need to I need to make sure it stops at that exact point because that's where they cut off or I need to make sure it fades in at this point because that's the, that's the area where it catches most attention. So... Um, you might even be editing this this video now, trying to figure out, okay, where did Tim stop speaking <laughs> that I could logically cut it off? Right, right. So, yeah. so how, how, what kind of advice or tips could you give um, people in business when uh, related to um, maintaining a good mental health? Like what kinds of things do you have to watch out for? Yeah. Do, do you mean in terms of the business owner and, and dealing with their mental health or the business owner and talking to employees? Um, I was thinking more of the business owner and their mental health because I was thinking yeah. I'm kind of a you know solo practitioner and other than you and people like interview or collaborate with and meet, and this has been fairly recent for me, I've been somewhat of an island and um, this Mm. whole LinkedIn phenomenon and being (laughs) able to get on Zoom has helped me a lot because I get the feeling like I'm a team. Um, But it can be very isolating. Mm. I can, especially if you're working for yourself. Um, 
so my advice, and I guess it's exactly what I need to tell myself right now as well, is um, figuring out what your potential is. Um, and, and there's a few things. So not judging yourself and having realistic expectations on what, what you can achieve. Mm-hmm. Two is having a really clear schedule in terms of what you need to get done and not judging yourself if that task that you were needed to be done today has to move till tomorrow. And then um, the other thing I would look at is self-regulation in terms of avoiding avoiding burnout. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I guess, and burnout's a big one because, you know, we're all taught hustle, grind, you know, hashtag, hashtag grind it out, do the work, um, hustle, hustle, hustle. But, but nobody's talking about um, if you do that for five days a week, do you take time to, you know, just have a day off? Do you take time to self-regulate? Um, there was a day that I had two weeks ago where I woke up and I was just angry for whatever reason and I just didn't didn't know what was going on and I just and there was a lot of work that I had to get done that day as well but my mental health just wasn't at the ability to go well yeah I need to uh, I, I couldn't push through the work today I had to step back and say no today I'm going to take the day off and as business owners we have that ability to go to give ourselves a day off if we need it. And that's why I think I've lent to it a little bit more because you need to self-regulate and that's that's the, the you know, identify when you're getting too stressed and it's kind of like a bucket. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has their own holes in a bucket to deal with stress but if that bucket keeps filling up and then eventually tips over, well, that's not what you want. So if you're able to regulate and poke a few holes in the bucket, so to speak, um, that's that's the advice I would give is self-regulation, ideal expectations and um, and knowing what you can actually do and being realistic. Yeah, I, I'm really happy to hear you say those things. For me, it really it really came to a head with this coronavirus and, and how th- – my whole routine changed from mm. spending time with my grandchildren to going out to the office and just going to the store, being out around people. And what I, I, my routine was down pretty, pretty pat. You know, I had gotten to, I'd do a couple podcasts a day, sometimes three, I'd edit them right away. Yeah. And I was just, you know, talking to people, answering emails right away. And then this hit and I, I started feeling really tired and I was like, why am I so tired? I'm not sick. I'm not sleeping as well, but some nights I am. It's not that much different, but I just felt mentally exhausted and then lost my focus. And I was like, what? And I just realized it's, it's like I'm a Dorothy landing in Oz. I'm, I'm so disoriented. <laughs> um, it was probably a lot more mental work for me just to get through the day. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think would have that been due to you just doing so much? Like even though it's a work that you enjoy, but the, the mental capacity that it takes to edit, you know, if you're editing free, free podcasts a day, you know, that's insane. That's insane work. Um, you know, just 
especially if there was mistakes through the podcast, if somebody if somebody wanted something cut out, if they, you know, there's a lot of mental capacity that you're using there. So I don't think it's it's very easy to realize when we're physically tired. You know, you can you, your body gives you physical signs, but it's also very hard to kind of t- but it's hard to tell when we're mentally tired so, yes that's the point um, yeah 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 I think uh, it was really that I didn't realize how much had come in on top of the pl- you know like I had the things I was doing but they ch- how I did them changed somewhat um, mm-hmm. I was going to the tv studio and recording event in some of the um, the podcasts there as a tv show and then trans taking those files and making them into a podcast but also all the different added negotiations that had to happen and replanning and there were just mm. more layers to it that I, I didn't really say, Oh, that's going to interfere with my flow or my, just my rhythm. I had sort of a rhythm, mm. right. And the whole, the song changed on me. <laughs> right. And so it wasn't, it didn't seem like it was that much more work, but it was more mental work. Mm, mm, definitely. And uh, yeah, it, it it takes time to to schedule talent to to you know you find out a location that works for both people if you're doing it in person and or for us I mean I knew it it probably took us five or six messages back and forth just to get the time zone right yeah um yeah. It, even though my sister lives in America you know <laughs> but but there's so many different time zones in America that you you got to get it on so plus there's daylight savings right we both went through daylight savings yeah yeah so uh, there's always (laughs) going to be taxing conversations about okay well that day can work for me and then you're flicking back to your calendar and no I can totally relate with that that would um it definitely takes a toll I guess um uh, not there's there's more to podcasting than just doing the podcast you know Um, I wanted to ask you about the depression side of it because I've I've been mm-hmm. depressed and I and I know a lot of people who go through that or experience downtimes and just see if you had any um, any tips for how you av- avoid it or if it's unavoidable mm. how you how you mitigate or minimize the impact because that's so debilitating. Yeah, honestly, I've I've been actually pretty bad at um, at mitigating it all. I guess um, um, lessening the extent to it, and but what that's meant is I've now learnt how to lessen the extent of it because I know why I was bad at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the the key bit of advice is. Um, realizing and and it's said so many times but it there's a reason it's said so many times is realizing that you need at least one person that you can talk to um and stick up your hand and go hey you know something's not going right you know i I need to have a conversation and that's the starting point to getting better you know the very first time that i wasn't feeling good it was a university and I didn't know what I was doing. Ironically, at the time, I was mentoring first-year students. I was in my second year. And when I went through that program, they said, um, you know, if you see any of these signs in your mentees, you should, you know, direct them to the health service. But ironically, it was myself that needed the health service the first time. But it took me, I walked to the front door of that place and I stood there and then I walked back 
And then I walked back to the entrance, stood there, walked out again. But it took me about three times to actually take the step to go, oh, I, I need help. There's something not right here. So I, and then I meekly walked up to the doctor's desk and said, can I, can I book an appointment? I'm not feeling okay. But it took me two or three times to actually do that. Um, so it, it's very hard to stick up your hand and go, I need help. But if I didn't do that, then things would have got worse. So that's the first thing is it's taking, taking that step that's really hard for us. And I don't know why it is, but it's really hard for us to ask for help. Um, uh, the other thing is the right medication. Um, you know, I'm an, I'm a big advocate for what medication has done for me. Um, you know, again, and the stigma around it is I don't want to be medicated. Well, you know, when you have a cold, what do you do? You take cold medicine. When you break your arm, you take painkillers. When you, um, you know, the list goes on. When everybody's out there looking for a vaccine for for coronavirus at the moment, you know, if, if they had a tablet for coronavirus, you would probably take that tablet right now. You know, I know I'm stocking up on vitamin C and vitamin D. Um so why is it any different when it comes, you know, when it comes to physical health, we take medication, but why when it comes to our mental health, medication has this big thing over it? Well, you know, so, so I'm a big fan of, of that. But then also uh, the other things are like keeping social contact, having a good diet, having a good exercise routine. And exercise doesn't mean lifting you know, a hundred kilogram weights. It literally means getting out there and going for a walk. I'll, I'll tell you a story um, of how I recovered from, from my last period of depression, as well as the right medication. A friend of mine, I, I stuck my hand up and I said, I'm not doing okay. Can I catch up with you? He was the type of friend that would give me a kick up the butt and go, what are you doing with yourself? Like, come on, you can, you can get out of this. So yeah. You know, my, my facial hair wasn't as maintained as it is now. I had a really scraggly beard and, and you know, it wasn't, I was wearing an old jumper and trackies and, you know, when I caught up with him and he's like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, why didn't you ask for help sooner? And then he said, you know, because I'd been sleeping in till one o'clock and then staying in bed till five, just all day. Yeah. And he said... I'm going to give you a call at 7am tomorrow morning or 8am tomorrow morning and I'm going to keep calling you until you pick up in, in, and what you're going to do is you're going to go for a walk. That's all you're going to do. But, but I'm not going to stop ringing you and, until, <laughs> until you go for, go for this walk. So out of, out of fear of this friend um, calling me and keep calling me and keep calling me and... Um, I eventually got out of bed and um, in, in actual fact, I called him. So I called him at 7.30 or whatever. Yeah, I think it was 8 that he was going to call me. I called him at 7.30 and I said, guess what? I'm out of bed. I'm outside. I've got trackies on. I've got a, 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 an exercise jumper on and I'm going for a walk. And he's like, good. That's great. Do the same thing tomorrow and call me tomorrow. So. I do the same thing the next day and the next day and the next day. So by the second day, I'm feeling a bit better. Third day, I'm feeling a bit better. Fourth day, better. By the seventh 
and eighth day, I'd gone and had a shave. I had a haircut um, and I was feeling a lot better in, in seven to eight days. Wow. So what had been months of sleeping and doing nothing and being depressed and stuck turned into eight days of let's get out of the house and let's just go for a walk and think about what, what I'm doing because now I've got this friend who's really fighting for me. Mm-hmm. And um, not only that, let's let's look after my physical appearance as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess with the combination of medication and and the right motivation, I was able to get out of my depression in eight days. What had taken me, you know, almost twelve months. Wow. Do you think that you're? It's easier now for you to ask for help than it was at the beginning. Is yeah, it- because I. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, sorry to cut you off there, but it is now because I know how important that is. Um, last year going through a depressive episode and, and not telling anyone, um, was, was what kept it going for longer. As soon as I put my hand up and said, I'm not okay. We just adjusted medication and made some changes and and I was better within and I guess that's the uh, the benefit of of bipolar too is because you've got that ability to swing up so so high. If that swing, and I'm no I'm no medical expert, but this is just just my opinion and and what what's happened with me is because with bipolar that swing is so so rapid. Mm-hmm. If you can maintain that swing. Um, you know, and not let it go too high. You can just swing up mm-hmm. in, you know, for me, it's, it's the recovery time has actually been quite fast. Mm-hmm. The thing that's taken the long time is asking the help. Yeah. So the key lesson and insight I got from the last few times is the quicker you ask for help, the quicker you get better. Yeah. Asking for help has been a hard thing for me, but I, I that's been, my experience has been, uh, and, and, and not, it's been more like in business, any, for any reason, just asking mm. help has been hard. And yep. I think. Do you know why that is? For me, I was going to ask you the same thing. I'll tell you for yeah. me, it was um, shame, uh, worthiness, shame, um, thinking, fear that the person would reject me, that fear of being ignored or rejected or. Um, just not knowing, you know, just somehow judged. And it was all in my Mm. head. It was all invented because when I asked, I got plenty of help. But for me to ask you to help me with TikTok um, is a big (laughs) deal. Um, Yeah. Yeah. What about for you? So um, my uncle told me this. Um, Now it's a lot easier. It used to be incredibly hard. I'm, I'm an overachiever. I think I can... You know, with the Google age, you can Google everything and find out stuff for yourself. Yeah. Um, there, there used to be a bit of, oh, I'm annoying people. Um, oh, you know, I don't want to waste their time, blah, 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 blah. But um, I'll, ask you, I'll ask you this question, um, Joyce. When you help somebody, when you do that yourself, so you go and help someone achieve something or a task or, or whatever it is, when you help somebody, how does that make you feel? Oh, I, f- I feel great. I feel like I'm the one that got the gift. Um, I had an opportunity. Fantastic. So, so then my question to that is, 
why would you take that? If you've got something that you need help with, why would you take that feeling away from somebody else? Yeah. Well, well now I, I understand and I've reframed it that way. And yeah. I, I, and plus it's, I've also heard of it as like reciprocity, like, like you, you're breaking the circuit if you don't ask for help. It's mm. really important because somebody's going to ask you for help and you've, you know, I've given plenty of help. I had no problem on that side of it. Yeah. When I thought of it as, you know, it's not going to be here. I help you, you help me, but you know, somewhere along the line we're connected. So mm. it's a really good way to frame it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I guess I was asking those questions less to you, but more, I guess, to the audience listening along going, yeah, I struggle to ask for help. But yeah. if you frame it in the way of you're actually giving someone joy by asking for help, like it's, that's such a foreign concept, but you're giving someone else joy by asking for help. And also I think trusting the other person to say, set boundaries or limits like you don't have to set the boundaries for them if you because one of the things I worry about is wasting their time or mm. taking something I'm not entitled to and um and when I reframe it to oh they'll tell me this is what they can do and it's up to them and you know at, at, I'm reasonable you know I also have a sense of boundaries so you know yeah, mm. yeah no well exactly it's about um boundaries it's about um you know if you consistent, and this is where businesses form, businesses form not because someone wants to make a profit, although sometimes they do. Businesses form because somebody sees a consistent problem happening in the market and they go, I can, do, I can, I can help more people with this. Yeah. So if you help somebody in a 10-minute conversation and then it leads to them to keep on asking, keep on asking, you can go, hey, well, Sally, I see you consistently coming up with these problems. I've actually got a coaching program that gets people through this in eight weeks. Would you be interested in that? And that's then where the, the business side comes from because now you're identifying problems that are happening on a recent basis and then it's like, well, I can give this person 15 minutes or 30 minutes of my time to really see if they're a good fit and then if there's problems that I can solve that have a financial element to it, then there's a win-win-win bonus there as well so I, I think that's something to keep in mind if you're if you're one of those people that, that someone keeps coming to you for specific advice be it an IT person now I've got a friend of mine who he loves taking MacBooks apart and repairing MacBooks and he knows everything about IT and I consistently go to him for IT help and you know, I know he could very easily start a business around computers if he wanted to, if he had that drive. You know, yeah. some people don't have that, but, um, you know, he could very easily charge for the information that's in his head. And yeah. it's the same same for my twin brother. He, he, he knows a lot about technology, a lot about um, fixing things. And, and, and if, if you can take your intellectual property help people at the same time, but then figure out packages and programs around that that solve the problem, then then there's a really fun kind of business you can create. Yeah, yeah. But it, it has reframed to the way, like a lot of times people will approach me and I know that they're, they have a service to offer and I might not be in a position either timing or finances to afford it or whatever. And I used to just blow them off. And now I, now I at least try to develop a relationship because maybe in the future, maybe I know somebody. So mm. 
Um, so that fear of asking for help, you know, overcoming that and reframing has been tremendously helpful. And I often get help, you know, with small things, just kind of guidance to get me to the next step, which is mm. you know, often all I need. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, we're about out of time. I didn't know. Was there cool. anything else that you wanted to talk about today or mention? Um, no, but I guess because we because we've talked about um, mental health and everything, I, I, I and and it's been an in depth sort of thing. I, I always like to encourage the people listening along. If you are struggling at the moment or you you need to maintain something, please do reach out to a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can have your friends and your support network, but, but you know, go to your local doctor. Um, even though coronavirus is around and you might think your doctor's busy, so you're going to put it off. No, don't, don't do that. Your, your pain isn't any insignificant than anyone else. So, you know, still go to your GP, find out a way that you can connect to a psychologist. I'm sure there's lots of them doing Zoom calls at the moment. So, um yeah, even even the online options, you know, there's 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 things. So so reach out to somebody. Um, that's I guess sort of the the last thing I'd like to end yeah, on. Yeah, very good, very good uh, information there. And also one more time to just remind people how to reach you. Yeah, yeah, of course. So um, the best way is probably through the podcast channel. Um, so that's been talking um, on Instagram and Facebook. So that's B-E-A-N talking. Um, then you can find me on LinkedIn. So Tim Beanland, um, Tim uh, B-E-A-N-L-A-N-D. Um, and my, my email address is also tim at beantalking.com.au. I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes as well. But um, I will, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the best ways to, to contact. Very good. Well, I really appreciate your coming on to Totally Well and talking about your podcast and business and all the, the special things, you know, and, and particularly being uh, courageous, talking about yourself so openly and being uh, vulnerable to, um, to share that personal information because it's, you know, your struggles or somebody else's survival guide. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good way to look at it. No, thank you for having me on. All right. Well, thank you so much. Hey, everyone. Joy Strong back again just to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. I want to remind you that you can visit me at TotalWellCoach.com, which links to all of my social media and my offerings, my Inner Circle membership, which is a an entry-level way to get involved, get coaching, and get all my classes for one low monthly fee. And if you want more, work with me one-on-one with intensive nutrition and lifestyle so that you can opt out of chronic disease, then get in touch with me and we'll talk about how that happens. We spend a lot of time together. I want you to join the one-on-one coaching if you're really committed to making a lifestyle change and you want a guide and a support and a friend to walk with you in this journey. You're going to do the work. I'm going to support you. Um, You already have what you need inside you to make these changes. So do reach out to me at TotalWellCoach.com. I love it when you subscribe and share and comment on all my um, YouTube and on Apple Podcasts and all those places because it elevates my frequency and it gets more people to hear and see what I do. So please, 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 I really, it means the world to me if you would help support me that way because you're helping support my entire network. I'm here for you if you need me. So thanks again for tuning into the podcast. 
and reach out. Love to hear you. Love to get your comments. Love to get your DMs. Love to get your emails. Any way I can help, let me know. That's what I'm here to do. I love to serve. So thanks again. 